and welcome to the Couch Chiefs podcast, where we, as young fans, get to sit down and talk about the world of NASCAR. This week, we just came off of Darlington, off of Throwback Weekend, and off some uh, more Chastain madness as well this weekend. So we'll be getting into all of that coming up here soon. But first, I'm your host, Levi, big ol' William Byron fan, big hat Byron fan, I should say. Uh, with me on the couch today is Mr. Austin. Yeah, hello. I'm the recurring guest here. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not a part of the couch sheets at all. Period. Oh, that's <laughs> false. We all know that. Yeah, um, no, he, I, is. he is one of the main members. Uh, no guest on this week. It's just us two this week on the couch. So yeah. Well, um, I guess I'll start off as. Uh, how my Hendrick guys did. Uh, great weekend. Absolutely phenomenal. Except for Ross Chastain. Again, we'll get into that later. But until then, though, William Byron, win number three. Denny Hamlin predicted it. Yes, Byron coming alive this year. Chase Elliott with third, which I think was a little bit of scoring error, which we'll talk about that, of course, later on as well. And then, um, yeah, Larson, Chastain, uh, yeah, and then Josh Berry. Uh, not a great day for him, but you know what? He's just filling in for Bowman until we can get Bowman back. Sounds like Bowman may be coming back sooner than we thought. Uh, it all depends on like what the medical scans and all that shows. So we'll see. So how did Stuart Haas do, uh, Austin? Second. Second. <laughs> I don't care scoring error. We got second. <laughs> I don't wish we got in first, but due to Truex, thanks Truex, Nah, um, I mean, for the most part, I think it was pretty solid. I I just don't know what's going on with that 14 team. I mean, for the past three races, just been, I mean, overall within the month, we've just been not having a really good month of May. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I really wish I knew, but it, it's right now is not a good time to start experimenting or anything else like that because it's like, we need to we need to start working and trying to get better, but I mean for the most part, I really can really couldn't complain about the other two. But um, getting a top five with Harvick is no shocker. But I mean at the same time he he had a very he had a very quiet car for the most part. I mean he was running inside the top ten the whole entire time, so. I mean, really couldn't complain there, but our Xfinity guys, man, Cole did great. Riley, on the other hand, I'm I am very disappointed, and I'm not disappointed in him, but I'm just disappointed on how his weekend went, because uh, he had one of the best looking throwbacks of the weekend with the Ken Block uh, yeah. throwback scheme. Through that, and he had contact with Sammy Smith early in the race, which I was like, of course. When there's a caution, has to deal with herbs. But uh, due to no fault of his own, him and Sammy made contact, and then it's just problems just snowballed after that. So it that was just poor luck on Riley's part. And uh, Cole did great by finishing third. If if John Hunter and uh, Kyle Larson would have wrecked each other on that last lap, uh, and Justin Allgaier somehow just didn't you know, didn't pass him whatsoever. 
I think Cole could have won, but or had a late race caution, but <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I didn't, I forgot that. Yeah, I was thinking about Xfinity, but yeah, no. Kyle Larson won the Xfinity race, so really happy about that. Granted, it was of course in controversy because it seems like every Xfinity series race Larson runs has some kind of controversy, whether it's Ty Gibbs punting him at Road America or. You know, uh, Sheldon Creed versus Larson versus Gregson at Darlington last year in the fall, or this one towards John Hunter Nemechek versus uh, good old Larson. Yeah, it seems like Larson just can't get out of trouble when it comes to Xfinity Series races. So, yeah. Uh, how did you overall think of that ending, though? Like, or did you even watch a race, the whole race? Yes. Uh, I didn't get to catch like every single part of that one. I only got to see highlights of that one. Of uh, the expanded series race, but yeah, no, I did get to see stage two's ending and then the race end. And I'll just put it this way it's two drivers just fighting hard for a spot or for a win. Um, the only thing is that's a little bit, I would guess, maybe different from like if this was in the cup series, is that John Hunter's literally fighting for playoff points while Larson just fighting for colleague and that's really it like the problem is in that situation is that like larson's there to get more experience which i mean granted you could ask okay does he really need more and all that stuff does he need to be going down to expendy series while at the same time he's racing for colleague he's trying to help that program out you know by you know running one of their cars uh while at the same time john hunter on the opposite end he's racing to try to win that race try to you know make himself a, a name for himself, you know, in the Xfinity series to try to hopefully move up for the cup series. So it's a little bit different. And I think it's one of those things to where, yeah, uh, nobody likes to see the cup guys come down and, you know, basically steal wins from the Xfinity series guys. But I'll tell you this though, if it wasn't for those guys coming down and racing with those guys, it would not make the Xfinity series, the truck series, I think better. I think you need to have those cup guys coming down to Xfinity to try to, elevate the series more uh, than where it's at already. And it helps to have those guys going up against cup guys, but they're at the end as well. John Hunter fought hard, just came up short. I mean, I can't really say that he didn't try because man, he, he sure did, but man, just, it's one of those things, Darlington to where like when you're side by side like that coming off of four, yeah, somebody's going to wreck like that. Well, even then when you're driving a little too aggressive, it's what else do you expect? I mean, I know some of our friends were uh, majority Spencer uh, was complaining about how when going into three Larson getting into John Hunter going into three and then um, like just kind of getting into him, which I under I understand that when you make a little contact, like just kind of putting him in the wall going into three, just so you're kind of just defending your line. I get it to where it's like, that can rub people the wrong way but for the most part i mean it's just for me on the other hand it's it's just kyle's doing the best he can to hold off john hunter so that way he's john hunter doesn't have a chance to win the race it's it's just hard racing at that point but um overall the xfinity race was good the truck race was good i mean pretty much this whole darlington weekend was pretty good oh yeah now, Darlington always puts on a show, but yeah, going actually back to turn three, I forgot that happened to where Larson did put him in the wall. Yeah, um, I will say that will definitely, you know, make John Hunter na- uh, mad. 
and I definitely don't like that. But the thing about it is, is that Larson's got to try to run him up the track. Now, do I think you've tried to run him into the wall? I don't know. I don't think we'll ever get to really know that. But, uh, yeah, I definitely don't like the fact that he did run him up into the wall. But at the same time, then what John Hunter does, you know, coming into turn four or coming out of turn four, trying to, you know, get him back or whatever, just it's hard racing, as you said, Austin. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> don't put him in the wall. Just, you know, race him hard. But it's Darlington, and I love seeing those guys fight it out. So, yeah, which, by the way, um, Austin was not on the couch uh, for that race, or he did not get to watch the uh, cup race uh, from the couch. So how was Darlington down in person? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, we got there early to check out everything. Um, they did meet and greets, all that kind of stuff before the race. Uh, Noah Gregson was awesome. Uh, so me and my friends, we went to a Noah Gregson signing. I had a Wendy's hat, flat bill hat. It was, uh, it was a Wendy's hat, nothing too big, nothing special, but it was a pretty cool hat. And uh, I just wanted him to sign it. Didn't think of it. I was wearing a cold Custer t-shirt and I had the Dixie Vodka 41 car from last year. So I walked up, got up to uh, get an autograph, and I took off my hat. And he was like, hey, man, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? And he said, I'm doing good. And then he stopped and looked at my T-shirt, and he was like, uh, hey, um, that's a nice T-shirt. And I was like, thanks. And so he was like, hold on one second. I'm going to send this to Cole Custer real quick. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I... Uh, Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome fan moment. <laughs> I was like, uh, and then so Noah was like, "Hey Cole, this is um, this is your only, only number one fan right here wearing uh, your merch at my hauler." So, uh, you got anything to say? And I was like, "Yeah, wear your t-shirt. Look at this, baby, and all that kind of stuff." So, I was uh, I was having a good time with that, and um, it was cool being uh part of the gig so it was awesome and uh definitely Noah Gregson is one of my favorite drivers now behind Cole Custer so I thought that was cool but for the most I, part go ahead yeah I think I said it I don't remember which episode it was now but I think it might have been one of the last ones but like um Gregson definitely is one of the best characters in the garage and that's one of the reasons why like the fact that he literally you know does that with fans is amazing oh yeah it's his i'll definitely say his his interactions are really good and really how he times it um he's just i think of him like cameron he's just one of them good old boys and um really he's you know, I I didn't really think much going into it, just being like, you know, you get a you get a hat sign and you you know you have a small conversation, just be like, you know, that's that's cool. You had a small conversation with them, but then when you're just like being part of this, like, uh, hey, I'm gonna be messing with your favorite driver kind of thing and just send it to them and this that and the other thing, it's just like, whoa, I'm part of something real, so. Overall, that was just an awesome experience, but uh, I think that was like the only highlight before that. Um, 
we also got to meet or er, er, Eric East up uh, out of the groove and some of the other guys. Um, for me, I just only wanted to meet Eric only because um, that's who I watched growing up. And uh, I remember when I asked him and I saw him, I was like, you know, I've been watching you since you were doing your diecast days. And he's like, man, I kind of, that kind of feels old hearing that. And I'm like, dang <laughs> i don't want to put you on the spot for that but i was like oh, you, made eric, you made eric feel old good job bud <laughs> anytime you know i had to at some point oh that's amazing. um but that it was it was so cool just talking to eric and you know kind of getting to understand what he does and all that kind of stuff so eric, eric was cool um and we just, you know, we were just hanging out for the festivities, really, and uh, getting to see Carl in person, Matt Kenseth, Casey Kane, Dale Jr., um, and all the other classic drivers, too, like uh, Terry Labonte, Bill Elliott, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Burton. We were seeing a bunch of guys over there, and it was cool. Just the whole, the whole fan interaction before the race was just awesome, getting to meet these guys and all that kind of stuff. It was awesome. Uh, safe to say when you're there at from nine in the morning to two in the afternoon, it takes a lot out of you, even though the race starts at like three o'clock and man, just like the first stage, second stage, I was just almost out of it. Cause I was tired. It was just a very long day, but for the most part, the race was awesome. I loved it. Uh, kind of affirmed that I love Darlington a little bit more than I should, but um, for the most part, I, I enjoy Darlington as much as the next guy in person. Yeah, no, to all the fans out there that are listening to this, like, if I had to tell you, like, there are a couple tracks that you should definitely go to to watch a race. Darlington is number one, uh, for me at least. Uh, it's a little bit closer to home for me, which is, I think, why. But I kid you not, like, you've never been down to the area – it is literally out in the middle of nowhere. Like this thing is literally, there's nothing around uh, Darlington Raceway. And it really takes you back to kind of like those uh, beginning days of NASCAR to where like literally tracks would just be built, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, out, you know, whatever, in farmland or wherever they could build it, um, get the land for and all that. And, you know, put up some grandstands and all that. And I mean, there's not a city, you know, maybe 10 miles any direction around it and it's like well <laughs> hope nothing happens you know while you're there at the track but uh no i will say darlington as a whole like it's one of those tracks to where i think you should absolutely go to if you're a nascar fan there's so much uh history at that track there's also a lot of great fan experience there i think they do a great job with the um that whole fan zone where you can definitely get merchandise and all that stuff from your favorite drivers, all the haulers and all that. They've got a ton of different activities through there. I think even last time I was there, they had some different simulators and all that line was a little long for that. So if you're going to do that, be patient. Uh, then they've course go early. Oh yeah. Or just go early. Cause yeah, that definitely makes a big difference. And then uh, they had a big old uh, road as well to where like, uh, depending on where you actually enter at. So what you can do is, is that at Darlington, they've got like the main fan zone, but they've also got this place as well. Usually where everybody else, you know, has their own stuff to where you have like the small owners have their own die cast and all that stuff that they sell and merch and all that. And it's such a, such a cool place uh, to go watch a race. Facilities are very nice there. Uh, I'm surprised 
at how nice they are, especially for how old that track is now. They've definitely kept that place up. So if you really are wanting to go watch a race, you know, that's definitely going to have some action to it. But at the same time, you know, just sit down, have a nice watch or whatever. Yep. Definitely the place to go. Go to Darlington. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's, it really does say a lot about the track because other than the throwback weekend, I mean, it's just such a good, such a good track to go to. It's just really one of those tracks to where you appreciate the history and you know it's one of those tracks that you find out who can drive a race car. Now, obviously, that's, it's not the end all be all like, oh, this is where the best drivers come out to play. Like, no, it's it's not just that track alone, but yes, it does add into the factors of how patient you are, how good you are with your tires and fuel mileage and this, that, and the other. So it's there are factors that go into Darlington, but for the most part, you the atmosphere and everything else, you just appreciate what it has to offer to you because of its well-known history it is the southern 500 it is darlington you know darlington is such a prestigious track that it's like sometimes some of those guys on no matter what series they're in it's the biggest circle on the calendar because it's like man this is a good track to just slip around get loose and you know have a really good run uh in the race so yeah, no, definitely that old surface, man, creates for some great racing. Which, speaking of, uh, let's get into the race. So, stage one, uh, pretty uneventful for the most part. Uh, really, the only thing that I had to note there was troubles for Denny Hamlin uh, early uh, in that first stage. I think he was having problems with the right front. He said it was, I felt like it was going down. I know he popped the wall in turn three there at one point. Uh, they were going to come down, I think, try to pit somewhere near the midpoint there just to try to get him a new set of tires on. Just really had a struggling day, which he was one of my drivers, I think, uh, last episode I said to watch out for, which stunk that they couldn't really get that thing going. Uh, I think I had him as in my lineup for picks as well. Uh, but Martin Truex Jr. would basically dominate stage one like good old Truex fashion. Uh, whenever yep. he's up front in stage racing, yeah, you, you know he's going to dominate uh, the stages. Um, anything from stage one that you... Uh, one day, or you recall Austin that you wanted to point out, or no? I was honestly about to fall asleep <laughs> the whole stage, and it's disrespect to like that race because everybody else was was sold into it, like catching up on like. I know my my buddy Jonah was right next to me, and he was you know he's like, man, I love this long run, you know, I was loving how like it was getting interesting with strategy and everything else like that, and I'm like. I'm like, man, that must be nice and everything, but like right now I'm about to fall asleep because <laughs> I've I've been up for a little while and I don't think my body is being used to being up this long because I'm normally um I'm normally up for a good time like over a uh 12 hour span but it's like it felt like i was up for 14 hours so i it, it, it was really such a struggle to watch that stage but i mean for the most part there was really nothing for me to recall <laughs> other than uh buddy try to stay awake <laughs> yeah 
Well, uh, for us here at home, <laughs> we got to watch it on the TV. The only other thing I remember about stage one as well, um, Fox had three different guys in the booth. I think Kyle Petty was actually up in the booth uh, during stage one. Didn't think he was all that bad. So, yeah, I think it was a good call. Back in the NASCAR TNT days. Yeah, oh, maybe. Oh, yes. Oh, I actually liked having Kyle Petty in the booth. I thought he was actually really good in the booth, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But anyway, uh, stage two was when things would kind of, you know, pick up. Uh, it's when the melon man, or I should say, Mr. Uh, the UPS truck started coming up to the front and, uh, yeah, uh, Trex's car basically just started, I think, falling off or it just wasn't as fast as Chastain as the run went on. So Chastain starts coming up to the front and, uh, yeah, stage two into stage two, uh, Chastain, Truex battling for the stage win and Martin Trex Jr. takes himself out. Uh, are you sure about that? I think so. Because, like, thing is, you're literally battling for the stage there. And I don't know why Truex had to, you know, dive it in that hard. He could have backed off a little bit, just let Chastain pop the wall. And then, you know, because it looked like on, like, replays and all that, Chastain was trying not to lap his teammate while at the same time keep Truex behind him. So, uh, yeah. that that kind of seems more to me... There wasn't there wasn't any indicator that he wasn't trying to lap his teammate because this was more of a track house plan to where it's like I was gonna say he wasn't trying to on purpose more on a team aspect of it but yeah that that towards the end because I was actually awake for this one so <laughs> go figure there um but just watching throughout that whole part it was like. You know, it's like, man, you you just see like at least with uh, Ross and Suarez, they're a car car length away from each other. So it was, I think that's what made the stage two a little bit more interesting, a little bit more eye opener. Only because it was like, man, this is actually getting interesting between the two fastest cars on track, and just what happens? You just get a little aggressive and. You just go around. As Rick <laughs> Allen says, aggressive goes around. So, so, Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm watching back at it right now, and Testain and Truex both, like, they absolutely throw it into the corner there. I'm going to try to slow this down so I can see it a little bit better. And the problem is, Chastain bounces, and when he bounces off the wall, that's when Truex, you know, gets basically runs into him and bounces off of him and spins out, right? The way I see it, though, is that, like, Truex didn't need to, I don't think, drive it in that hard. Chastain, I mean, absolutely drove it in there freaking hard, I think. But I don't think Truex really needed to. Like, I get you're battling for the stage, but, like, it's only for the stage. Like, they pay more points at the end of the race than they do the stage. Like, that's how I see it. Mm. I mean, I agree. It's just hard racing and... <laughs> so somebody came out on the losing end of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody really did came out on the losing end on it. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to stage three, this is where I don't know what happened, but they apparently were like, you know what, let's just crank this up to eleven and just watch what happens. Yeah, it was um. <laughs> Yeah, stage three was when things, I think, literally just kind of 
fell off the chain uh, a little bit. So start of stage three, basically Eric Jones uh, heading out of turn two. I don't know if he knew that he had a loose wheel uh, whenever he was out on track during the uh, pace laps, but it looks like from what we can tell, uh, we don't know exactly everything that happened, but he has a loose wheel. It basically takes out like, you know. Uh, yeah, that like was. 10 cars, I think, roughly eight, 10 cars um, get involved. Ryan Newman was involved. Cendric was involved. Austin Dillon, uh, Todd Gilland. Let's see here. Who else? Noah Gregson, Daniel Suarez, a bunch of people that were involved in that. So, yeah, what a shame. Yeah, that was. Um, I wasn't like, oh my God. God, but it was more of a oh, and then oh. next you know, or uh, the 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 boys and I were a big fan of Todd Gillen now, so every time we see Todd on track, we're like, Todd, Todd, and we're just like, we're all we're all big fans of Todd Gillen. So if if you see me and the boys walking around with a Todd Gillen shirt, we're, we're big Todd Gillen fans. Now you know, now you know. It's, started at Martinsville and it just snowballed after that. We don't know why. It just worked. We love it. So it's our meme for now on. So it's pretty much from here until we die. It's odd. Yep. But um <laughs> yeah, for the most part it was it, I was like, wow, I just did not expect that. And then obviously my new best friend Jackson <laughs> got involved, so that sucked too. But Bummer. yeah, that's that was so unexpected with the tire just coming out and especially they were getting back up to speed. Like, but yet again, it's, it's the one lug and say what you want about it. I mean, I preferably would like to go back to the five lugs, but, um, well, let me, let me ask this. How many lugs are on the actual stock car? Uh, five. Yeah. Like, even if you don't know off the top of the head, guess what? You know it's more than one. So, yeah. if, you ask me, <laughs> if you ask me, like, since this is the National Association of Stock Car Racing, auto racing, I think we should be as stock as possible with certain, you know, to certain limits, you know, granted, of course, safety and all that stuff that we have now. So, if a stock car has five lug nuts on it, we should have five lug nuts on it. That's kind of how I view it. Um, the only reason why I kind of see single lugs is kind of like a reason you would do it. And I think even NASCAR said themselves they had to do a single one uh, just because of the way the wheelbase is, like how big it is, which, okay, I guess. Like, I don't know anything about wheelbases and single lug wheels, but like, all I know is, sure, okay. <laughs> like, if that's what you, if you had to, like, I don't know, could we have gone to like a smaller wheelbase or wheel radius or whatever? Like, did we really need that big of a wheel? Because I mean, like the only reason why we're doing it is for like road course racing, which again, is not our bread and butter. So why? You know, I get a better idea. How about this? How about we take the next gen car? We give some similarities, kind of like the Xfinity car. Bada boom, bada ding. We're good. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, like I think like if we went back on a couple things on the next gen car like you know the the underbody the wheels the brakes just a couple things you know i think you would have a better car right from there but we also need to have a redesign i think on some of the safety things because 
again, this car is way too tough, way too tough um, when it comes to impacts and all that stuff still. So yeah, definitely something that needs to be worked on. But um, so after that, there will be some uh, restart kind of calamity with, uh, well, I shouldn't say calamity, but just good restart racing between Chastain, Byron, Kyle Busch, uh, Kyle Larson, all battling for the lead up there uh, during the restart. And then after that, let's see, I'm trying to pull up what happens next here. After that, they went for a green flag run. Like they went throughout a green flag run and they did green flag pit stops. And I got to say, when when you watch Larson, he is booking it. Like during the green flag pit stops, like Chastain was leading and it's like, okay, Chastain's good, but he's not as good as Larson. And I really, I really do stride on the fact that Larson is good at, I feel like, Larson at some point will win at Darlington before. I mean, I know he's like, what, 20? Is he in his late 20s, early 30s? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I want to say so, but I don't know. Anyways, while I'm kind of monologuing, you can look it up. Um, well, fine then. <laughs> I'll go look it up then. Okay, okay <laughs> fine then. Well, might as well. Might as well. Anyways. Stabbing over there. Um, gosh darn it, you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> How dare you? I, okay, so Kyle Larson is 30 years old. Yeah, he's still got a lot of time to win a Southern 500. Yeah, he's got he's got time. He'll be fine. But I, I really do think, like, if nothing goes bad and Chastain doesn't exist, I feel like he can actually win a Darlington race. Oh, yeah. No questions asked. Yeah, it's it's one of those things to where like um some drivers are really good at certain tracks, but they just never seem to break through to get that win though. I'm trying to think of like what's a good one off the top of my head. Um Jesse Wallace at Darlington. Because they literally Wow, words words are hard. Words are hard <laughs> they, <right now. laughs> they really uh beat it to death over there. I mean it's not it's not bad by any means that but for the most part, it's just telling you how much like Rusty's been really good at this track, just couldn't pull it off. So, yeah, um, I think one of the ones for me was always Dale Jr. in the middle, the late 2000s, early 2010s at Daytona and Talladega. Like he would be on the verge of winning those races. Like, my goodness, how many second places did he have in the Daytona 500 at one point? He came up second. 2010 i know 2013 yeah i mean like he was so freaking close a bunch of times but just could never cash it in um which... he would have been a four-time daytona 500 winner had he won the 2010 yeah. and 13 yes that's the thing like my goodness there, there's there's a reason why he's one of the top 75 greatest drivers in nascar like He's one of the best, I think, at plate racing. And even then, like, he won four in a row at Talladega at one point. Um, golly, who's another driver that, like, comes to mind? Um, I think that just never broke through at a track that they were really good at. Oh, I mean, this is only one really good – it's only one example of this, but Matty D at Bristol. Like, Matty um, D – Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. I mean, it's a long shot of one, but, like – 
he has one good chance to win at Bristol, you know, at Levine family when he really needs to get one and, you know, just didn't get to. Um, and he always said that was one of his favorite tracks. Yep. So just couldn't cash it in there. Um, man, I feel like there's a bunch, but at the same time, it's like, I, I can't really think of any right now. Cause yeah, just never really comes to thought. Oh, another good one. Dale Jr. at Martinsville. But he actually won it there, though. He did. But the thing about it is that he always says that was one of his favorite tracks, but he could just never really win there. He did in 14. Uh, but that's one of his only wins there, I think. He doesn't really have many there. That was the only... I think that was the only one. Exactly. I think that was his only one. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's one of those ones. It was like just came up close so many times, but could just never really cash it in. Um, Man. I feel like Kyle Bush had a couple just because like he he wanted every track but it's like there was a couple that always seemed to kind of like nag him I think but anyway moving on back to Darlington so after that whole green flag run there uh Ross uh not, not Ross Chester whoo the other uh UPS scheme uh, down he spins out uh basically pit stops happen all that's jazz and then um Let's see, a green flag and then pit stops. And then after that. Oh, yeah, because they were on a restart. Then spin house happened. Yep. Then they had a green flag run. Okay. Yep. Now we're getting. Now, <laughs> both of us trying to, you know, put the pieces together of this race. Then after well, yeah, that. I forgot about this uh, Stenhouse spin, which uh, as our thumbnail, I'm so going to get the photo of him. Like, someone took this perfect shot of Chase Elliott. Eric Amarola, Joey Logano just running their lines going in in three and four and you just see uh, <laughs> I'm wanting to say the nickname and his actual last name at the Stenhouse. same time. It's not really going to help. Uh, the Stenhouse. Yeah, anyways. You see Stenhouse just spinning on the bottom of the racetrack and I'm like that is a good photo. <laughs> and that's probably going to be thumbnail material. So, congratulations, you found your thumbnail. Then after that, uh, Ryan Newman and his uh, race back. Which, by the way, love that throwback scheme. I know I said, oh it yeah, before, but just glorious. it's good to see him back. Oh, I know he actually did a pretty good job for the most part. I know he got caught up in the Eric Jones uh, thing, but at the end of the day, where did he finish at? Uh, by the way, um, let me check. Yeah, I'm looking at it for the here. first time. Uh, he, yeah, he, finished, he finished 28th, but even then, he out-qualified um, <laughs> He out-qualified Chase Briscoe. So <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Christopher Busher, Eric Jones. Yeah, I mean, qualified 26th, that's not bad. I mean, Rocket, Rocket Man doing that good in a Rick Ware car. I mean, I guess he's not totally, you know, lost it yet. So, yeah. Yeah. So still, Rocket Man still... Absolutely going. That spin happens. Then after that, oh yes, Chastain and Larson get into it. Well, there's obviously the big crash before Larson and Chastain get into it, but yeah, because you know what, I'm actually using it as reference um, for some of these highlights here is NASCAR's uh, YouTube site itself, and I'm looking at the extended highlights. They did not put the Truex 
and uh, Logano wrecking there for some odd reason. They did not. I'm disappointed. It should be because that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. So, for those of you that are keeping track at home, here's uh, what happens going into the... So they get into turn one and two, and Truex... I think Truex was tight going into three and... or I don't know why I'm saying three or four. Um, I think he gets tight or he just misjudged it or whatever the case may be. He he made a mistake. And so, obviously, you see Larson and Chastain fighting it out. They're both making contact, whatever. Truex makes a wrong move and causes this big pileup. Now, there's a big pileup and there's a bunch of guys hitting in hitting into other cars, this, that, and the other, like Chase L.A., Kevin Harvick, all these other guys that are just beating and banging, getting into it. These guys are damaged. They have damaged race cars. But they're given back their spots, which makes no sense whatsoever. And at the time, I I remember being confused, but I was kind of at the state of mind where I'm like, you know what, it kind of is what it is. I it doesn't bother me, but at the same time, it's like that should be justified because I don't know how you made it through there. Yeah, because Brad K, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, <laughs> you can clearly see on the replay here, they're all involved, but yeah, they all basically get their spots back um, after getting rolling. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things I think Hamlin talked about on his podcast as well. It's like, if they're involved in the wreck like that, uh, it's, they don't need to be up in the front. Because, like, the problem is, guess what's going to happen? On the restart, they're going to be slow. Everybody else behind them is going to be bottled up behind them, bottlenecked up behind them. And you're going to see an accordion fact. Now, the thing is, we actually didn't really get to see that. They didn't wreck. Which, again, those guys are cup guys. They kind of know what they're doing. But even then, like, Harvick got lucky with that second-place finish. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, it's because NASCAR decided to go, Hey, by the way, we'll give this back to you. I think they said their excuse was they still kept, like, pace car speed or pace speed, minimum pace speed or whatever. And I'm like, sure, but they were involved in the wreck. (laughs) Like, they don't need to be up there. Which I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the actual ruling is on that. I don't know what NASCAR's rulebook actually says on that. Like a lot of other things in NASCAR's rulebook, we don't know uh, at all what it says. But if there's one thing that I think needs to either change or needs to kind of happen is like if you are involved in a wreck or you cause a wreck or whatever, you need to go to the back. I think just hands down that just needs to be a thing. Well, Obviously, if you're involved in the accident, you're supposed to go to the back. And as we saw, that was completely out the window. So it's kind of, it just seems like the whole rule book is just a gray area instead of just stolidation of, yeah, this is it. You know, so it's right. it's just bad. Yeah. Well, well here's, here's why I say, like, the person, like, every person that's involved in it needs to go to the back is because... Like, you wouldn't have guys, you know, 
basically dumping each other into the tourney more because like best example of this uh martinsville fall race in the xfinity series for ty gibbs brandon jones right ty gibbs punts brandon jones in the turn one and two since ty was involved in the wreck with brandon jones i think both those two cars should go to the back that's how i see it uh just like with darlington there you are involved in the wreck if any part of your car gets touched whatever you know replay needs to see that or whatever you go to the back like that just needs to be a thing yeah but obviously that didn't happen so <laughs> here we are talking well, about it of all the uh, rules that nascar makes up yeah because here's the thing i think the ruling is and i don't know off the top of my head but again this is one of the things we don't know as long as you keep uh pace car speed during the caution or pace speed or whatever like during the caution you get to keep your position like i think that's just the ruling like if you cannot keep pace car or minimum speed or whatever during the pace laps you have to you you basically forfeit your position it's why like whenever you're in a pace line or whatever uh if anybody you know basically you know loses their spot or can't keep you know minimum speed or the pace speed or whatever they basically lose their spot uh which i think is that same ruling but again it's I don't know. Maybe it needs to be updated. I'm not sure. Well, it wasn't as big as what <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> yep. All right. Larson versus Chastain. Gotta get Lars- it's the it's the elephant in the room, man. It is, and uh, uh, here we watching are. it watching it in person definitely was the biggest mixed reaction i've i've heard so i believe i can explain it better on tv but it just looked like chastain just moved up uh because it i i think it looked in perspective of the fans it just showed that as soon as chastain thought he was clear going out as soon as he moved up he wasn't really all that clear and then larson and him got into the accident so they they were Brewing up a little bit only because um, of the contact that they made, bef- hence when the caution came out, because one was trying to get ahead of the other, and Chastain wasn't really too crazy about it, but it, that just, I, I understand if he's upset for Larson's side, but I, I don't know who to really pull for on that one. <laughs> I was going to ask you what the fans uh, like viewpoint was that uh, was like, because like I remember for like a um, couple races, like fans would either cheer or boo based on like who, who was in it. So like, I, I think as you said, like fans were pretty mixed on it. Uh, well, I know Jonah was really happy that Kyle Larson wrecked because he's not a big Kyle Larson fan, but um, oh, I just hear your dreams just well. shout out afterwards. <laughs> well, um, yeah, he, he was just very mixed. Plus, he's a big Ross Chastain fan, so I can understand why he... Wait, just... what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. More controversy that I really don't need to speak on this podcast. That's, oh, man, I need to go talk to somebody. Yeah, I need to go talk to somebody after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little coming to Jesus talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we need a moment. Yeah, we need a moment. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, need a little, uh, we need a little moment uh, with uh, Mr. Jonah there, but... As you were saying, <laughs> um, 
Uh, and he's lost his train of thought. Okay, well, yes, anyway. I have. <laughs> well, you get back on that uh, track there while I uh, put my viewpoint in there to it. So, <laughs> looking at the replay of it, I can tell you for certain that Chastain <laughs> was not clear. <laughs> like, at, at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it wasn't even by like a little bit like literally larson is i gotta slow this video down here playback speed about half that there we go yeah larson's still at his right rear or i should say yeah his right rear tire like no he, he ain't clear um so heading into one like it's just like chastain basically just runs him out of room or tries to at least but basically takes himself with larson like whoops <laughs> uh there it goes yeah yeah um not clear yeah not clear um <laughs> i i don't know if he was like trying to run larson up to the wall or if he was like trying to wreck larson but keep himself i don't know what chest i don't know what goes in the mind of chastain I don't want to know what goes on in that mind, but like, thanks. It helped uh, William Byron out. But the thing about it is, is that like, <laughs> uh, I kind of find it funny because I think now <laughs> this might have been the straw that broke the camel's back because I think if I heard right, Mr. Hendrick, I think Larson, Justin Marks, and Chastain all had to sit down meeting or something like that they had a little talking to which means oh boy you know it's good if mr hendrick's involved oh you know it's good because he's the one that's well, famously hendrick behind fans, yeah. well no he's the one that's famously behind the whole chad canals jimmy johnson you know the cookies thing the you know giving them cookies and milk because they were acting like children like oh my goodness like you know mr hendrick is involved you know things have gone too far so i think um this might be the one that, you know, maybe gets to uh, Chastain, but we'll see. We'll see, though. Um, I don't know, because it's Ross Chastain. Dude drives aggressive all the time. I think it's just his nature. Like, the thing about it is that you want to have a guy that is aggressive, but not so aggressive to the point to where, like, he's basically taking himself out of races, right? And making, like, here's the thing, like, I kind of view it like Logano use it sometimes to where like you're not out there to make friends, but at the same time, like I don't think you should be uh, trying to and purposely make enemies as well, if you know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just I think Chastain is he's got to back it off just like ten percent at least I think, or maybe twenty percent, just back it off a little bit because now you're starting to you're hurting your own performance at this point. But thing about it is, guess what? He's still at the top of the point standings. So who's it yeah. really So who's it really affecting? Larson. Yeah. Because like here's the thing. You affect somebody who really has nothing to lose. And I don't remember who I was talking to about it. Um or maybe where I'm listening. I think maybe more on the DBC side. It may have been, I don't remember. I think so. But for the most part, it when you're dealing with somebody, deal with somebody to where it's you they have nothing to lose. Like with 
Ross, if you're messing with Ross the whole entire time, he's got something to lose. It's the points lead because he has Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick, uh, Martin Truex. I think there's several others, but you've got a bunch of good guys that are on that list that are right behind Chastain. And if like, if Chastain somehow has a bad race, Bell and Harvick are not that far behind. I mean, should you even have Hamlin, Byron, and Tr- I mean, like I mentioned, Truex within the top six? But for the most part, you know, if somebody's got to deal with it, they got to do it. You know, so it's we'll see what happens going into both Wilkesboro and Charlotte. Um or just pretty much the rest of the year, because it's like Chastain has just become a target these past two years. Like, and it's good. It's good for publicity, but it's bad for the drivers only because it's like, this is getting annoying to where it's like y'all can complain or whatever the case may be. But at some point, sure. Gregson might've been the first shot, but I think the true first shot will be what happens on track. Yeah, I um, the only thing I'll say is this is like watch out now between Larson and Chastain, or just Hendrick Motorsports and Chastain because I'm telling you, Rick Hendrick basically in his press conference interview it sounded like basically he doesn't care about manufacturer, you know, on the car he doesn't care if they have a bow tie on the car or not. You mess with one of his teams, you're going to get it back. Is kind of what it sounded like. So. I'm telling you, watch out, uh, Larson, because or not Larson, but watch out, Chastain, because guess what? You might you might be getting a little bit of payback now. And um, I'll tell you, there's a couple drivers there at Hendrick I wouldn't mess with, Larson being one of them. But the other one is Chase Elliott. Because Chase, he can get payback on somebody, and we all know NASCAR is going to sweep it under the rug if that you know ever happens. They'll just be like, yeah, we didn't turn a blind eye to it. We didn't see that. So you know. <laughs> so that's the one guy I would not want to mess with. But at the end of the day, though, um, hard racing, both drivers, I think, came out of it with kind of, you know, some, well, I'd say Larson came out of it with some hurt feelings. I think Chastain is just. Um, just Chastain. Yeah, he's still Chastain. But at the end of the day, he's still your points leader. So something's working. Yeah, and so being controversial to everybody you know is essentially showing that uh, you could push the boundaries in order to prove that you got a point. Yeah, where have I heard this before? Hmm. I feel like another driver's done that before. Hmm, hmm. kind of. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, so we have we have our late race restart, and Willie B wins the Southern 500. I feel like it's a long time coming for William. Um, whoa, whoa, the Goodyear 400. That's that. That's not the same. Oh, sorry. I'm just used to drawing to have one date. My bad. I know, um, right? <laughs> but for the most part, this is. Uh, I feel like it's a long time coming for William. I I feel like he he can have the cars to make a good run going to, um, Darlington. Just obviously, as we talked about earlier, just couldn't pull it off. So. Uh, for William to win at the Southern 500, I feel like that's a big check mark off his uh, list. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> for for uh, Levi, Big Hat Byron is uh, here to stay. So I gotta get uh, me one of the big hats at some point. That's that's yeah. on my bucket list now. I'm gonna get me a big hat. 
Oh, and it's also win number 100 for the 24 car. Yes, it is. So congratulations, William Byron, for being seven out of the 100 wins. <laughs> yes. She <laughs> um, um, came here, so yeah. I do want to shout out for the weekend. Um, okay. And this is mostly on the truck side. I don't really have anything for Xfinity or Cup. Um, truck race. Jake Garcia is the one guy I want to shout out this weekend. Um, Jake is... He just turned 18 from the Las Vegas race. Um, He missed only one race where Chase Elliott had to fill in at Daytona. Uh, We knew how that happened. Don't really want to relive it again, but moving forward. um, He had a really good race in his truck. He drives the number 35 truck for... Uh, he's teammates with Christian Ackes, so if, for those of you that watch the Trucker series, you'll know which team I'm talking about. Um, he had a really good race. Stayed in the top 10 the whole run. Um, he really did a good job. I mean, I really don't see him running inside the top 10 all that much, but I mean, at a track at Darlington, he was running really good. Uh, Timmy Hill was also running good inside the top 10. Uh, shout out to my boy, Tim Tim. So, um, he was doing good, but unfortunately, both guys did not have a good uh, finish only because there was problems. Uh, Jake got caught up in an accident. Timmy had a tire that blew out. So, uh, for the most part, they both did a really good job within their respective runs. So, I wanted to shout out those two only because um, the truckers was actually the best. The Darlington race was the best um, race of the season. Oh, and also shout out to Roger Carew for turning Carson Hosefar. We love to see it. Well, I know Bob, it wasn't on purpose, but well, true. Yeah. But I was gonna actually shout out Carson Hosefar for uh, actually finishing in the top ten in the Xfinity Series race. Yeah, uh, for his second race. Yeah. He finished sixth. Not bad. At Darlington. Not at Darlington. Yeah, yeah, in a GRM equipped car. Yes. Not bad. But still, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, like, Dagum, that act, like, Xfinity series is definitely different from the truck series, just in general with the cars and all that. Plus, also, then you'd go at Darlington and get a top 10 like that, just in general. Amazing. Great job, Carson Hosevar. But moving on now to I think what's going to be uh, honestly one of my favorite weekends now, I think, of the season, the All-Star Race at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Mm. It is back from the dead, and it has put Texas back in its grave now. Um, yeah, holy cow, what a return. Um, nothing like this I don't think we will be seeing anytime in the future or, you know, in the distant future at all. The first stadium that really and truly has been basically resurrected from the dead. Uh, North Wilkesboro, absolutely awesome to see it get a date back on the schedule. Even if it's not a points-paying race, doesn't matter. Uh, It's freaking great to see it back on the schedule. Maybe, uh, I mean, there might be probably talks of it becoming a points paying race which if that's the case i wouldn't mind it at all i more think power to it. i know we definitely need to get more short tracks on the schedule anyway um so if we could get two races there 
I think in a season that would be great. I think that's going to stretch it though, just because the problem with North Wilkesboro in general is there's not as much seating there as other places. So there's not going to be as much money coming in uh, for ticket sales and all that stuff there. So that is kind of a negative uh, just in general. But again, the fact that we even get to do this for the all-star race in general is absolutely amazing. So drivers to really look out for. Um, For picks, man, I don't know. This is going to be kind of a rough one for me just because I really don't know. Like, this is basically brand new territory that we're at, like, with this next-gen car. We have never been on this next-gen car at a surface that's quite as old as this one. I I do have an easy answer. Okay. Joey Logano. Really? Want to know why? Why? Go for it. Well, he's got a resume, and I pretty much recently talked about it, like, before in the past, but Bristol Dirt, you want it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, LA Coliseum, first time, won it. He's won every race that was the first of something. With the next out of recent, uh, not just the next gen, but he also did it with the. Uh, oh, yeah, Gen 6. I forgot. Gen 6, too. Yeah. So, so, yeah, as of recently, where the newest adventures we're going to. Joey Logano's won a gateway, the first race at gateway. Joey Logano won. So, if you're really wanting to bet on someone on a million dollars, go with Joey Logano. And even you could say the same thing with the Chicago Street Course that's happening later this year. Joey Logano is your safest bet going into uh, North Wilkesboro, at least a million dollar bet. I. Yeah, so I think here's the drivers I'm going to say to watch out for. Um, I think Kyle Larson, just because of... Wow. Well, and here's why. Short tracks this year. How many uh, short tracks have we been to on the season? Two. Martinsville and Richmond. How many wins does Larson have at both those tracks? Three. Yeah, he won at uh, both of those tracks. So oh, there's what? three. We went to Bristol Dirt. But, but that, but that, but, but that, but that's dirt. That's <laughs> I'm talking about like actual, like you know, asphalt. But yes, he's gotten two wins at both Martinsville exactly. and Richmond. Surprisingly, exactly. I know, right? It's like he's a good driver or something. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say as well. The other guy to watch out for is Kevin Harvick. Uh, with him running the cars late, uh, the cars tour, uh, which I think he ran. As of recording this, I think he ran it, what, yesterday, I think? Yeah, yeah he ran it yesterday alongside Dale Jr., uh, Daniel Suarez, and I th- no, I think Jordan Taylor was earlier. But Jordan Taylor, I do want to make a quick mention about that. Jordan Taylor made his late model debut at North Wilkesboro. I, I'm I'm interested to see what his future is looking like. Plus, he uh, got signed by Colleague to do their 10 car at Portland, which I'm still asking more questions at this point because it just shows that Jordan Taylor might have a future in NASCAR some point down the road, which I'm not quite sure about. So keep an eye on Jordan Taylor in the in the future. I, I think he might have something here in NASCAR. I would not doubt it. 
would not doubt it. If you like it enough, yeah, he'll definitely come to it. Um, so who have I got? Larson, Harvick. Let me take as well. I'm going to have to say Kyle Busch. I definitely think when it comes to short tracks, I think he's definitely going to be the guy to watch out for, especially this with this um, worn-out surface. And as kind of like an underdog or maybe kind of like a long-shot pick, I'm going to go Ryan Priest. I think he's going to be one of the guys to watch out for just because, again, this is kind of his wheelhouse, I think. So he's going to be somebody to watch out for. Um, obviously, I'm going to go with Logano because new track, new things. Um, I'm going to go with Logano. Harvick's also a good choice, so I'll go with Harvick. Um, you know what? <laughs> Oh, this no. this may be out of left field, but Denny Hamlin. You know, that's that's not really a long shot. I'd say Denny Hamlin or Christopher Bell. Okay, and, and what only what, because? What you say that? Um, well, Denny Hamlin because he likes older tracks, and he's really good on older surfaces. So that's what that's what's kind of clicking into my brain. Because yeah. he's good at Darlington, Atlanta. I don't. Whenever it was older, yeah. You know, uh, like before the repavement. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to think of, like how he did it there. I, I know he was good at Atlanta, but he wasn't like scary good to win every every time they went there. Uh, that was mostly a Hendrick car, but for the most part, I mean. Denny Hamlin now on older surfaces is pretty good. So, yeah, the run may have not been as great as in Darlington, but for the most part, like, Denny Hamlin's used to worn-out surfaces. And uh, Christopher Bell... uh, I, I, I really just don't... I don't know. I just have a feeling with him. Uh, would you say it's kind of like his dirt experience to where like he's good with slick tracks? Yeah, I just I think that just kind of plays in a favor to both Larson and Bell only because it's just when they're in old worn out surface and you have a track that slicks around and you can play multiple grooves with it. That's just that's just their wheelhouse. That's just how it works uh, with both of them. So uh, just. As Larson is a good choice, uh, I think Christopher Bell would also be a good um, million-dollar pick. So I think it's those guys. And then the underdog pick, um, if he makes it in, I, I would probably say Ryan Priest or... Um, mm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Priest. Gotcha. Nope, not a bad pick. Um. Man, I think this is going to be a good race either way. Uh, really hoping so, at least. I think the truck race especially is going to be a really good one. Probably going to be pretty chaotic, does all things considered. Uh, but the cup race itself, the all-star race, man. Uh, I kind of fear a little bit for it just because of how the next-gen car has been at short tracks. But that track might widen out. The way that thing is shaped, I think it might be a good track to where it can widen out. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, should be a fun one. Can't wait to watch it. It's gonna be great to see that track back in action. 
back in use. Oh man, it's gonna be a fun weekend for us. So yeah, any last thoughts, Austin? Um, other than the month of May is awesome, and oh, uh, I'm really excited for North Wilkesboro. And then next week, I am ready for Charlotte. I'll be there in person. Yeah, Coca-Cola 600, which is awesome Memorial Day weekend. Awesome experience uh, for that one as well, which the next-gen car was really good at last year. So I can't wait for Charlotte as well. So, yeah, going to be a great end out to the month of May. So, yeah, well, hopefully it goes well. All righty. Well, thanks for listening in and tuning in to Couch Chiefs podcast, as we will see you after North Wilkesboro.